Tony Dodson. The Warrior. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. Special guest. Thanks for coming along, Tony. So, let's start from the beginning. Boxing. Yeah. How did it begin for you? Do you know what? It was, as a kid, I was, same as every other kid, I wanted to play footy, but I think, um, come, I think, second, second year juniors, getting sent off, red carded for handballing the ball <laughs> when I was a defender. And, I'd, I don't know, but I was just good with my hands and I sort of learned that day that, you know, football went the way for me to go. I had two left feet and probably the worst football you've ever seen. So mm. that went the road. I went down and I was bullied as a kid. Yeah. I was bullied yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, there was a lad by ours. Who, it, it's weird because he's a lifelong friend. Where was you brought up? Garston. I'm Sounds born yeah. and bred Garston, mate. And, um, you know, people, people have got their opinions about certain places and rightly so and I was born on bread speak but for me it's the devil you know it's yeah. better the devil you know do you know what I mean yeah, you're yeah. safe when you people know who you are and you, you're in the area you're yeah. local um, so yeah I was bullied bad and the kid that bullied me Dave Bennett were actually good mates now and he's turned out to be a, an absolute lovely lad but he was from a young age he was massive and he yeah. used his, his weight and his leverage to, to bully like a little gang of us I mean I'm thankful for it now because it it toughened me up from an early age, but comes to a stage where my dad took me to the cinema in Wilton Village mm. uh, to watch Rocky Four, 1985. Yeah. Wow! And uh, literally from that day, I, it just it got me. It's, people say like, it's like a it's like a drug. Did you watch Rocky Four first, or that was it Rocky Four? Did you go that? from? Yeah. No, no Rocky Four because I was five. I was yeah. Five years of age. Okay. You know, so. I was a little bit too young for the yeah. first Rockies, and that was the first one ever. Obviously, then I went back to the first, and I watched all them. So it was, we uh, watched. I watched it on on, on a Betamax. Uh, you won't even know that. So you have video. We had video tapes. Yeah, the video tapes and his Betamax. It was like it was like prehistoric. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get it. So yeah, it just gripped me. Being in the cinema, then I would come home, put pillars up on the door, started punching them. Had the older brother and the older sister, so they come in handy at times to try and fill in. I mean, again, I was on the receiving end because I was the littlest out of three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just got a grip in me boxing and I never stopped. I just continued from there from a young age. And then when, as you're growing up and people sort of get wind that you're not daft and you can handle yourself, they leave it alone. And yeah. I was never a bully myself. I was always, I'd always like, like people to like, one thing my dad always taught me was um, respect and manners cost nothing. I try and teach that to my kids now. Um, you know, it, it worked for me, so hopefully it'll work for them. And I was always respect, respectful to everybody, so even though I could handle myself, I was yeah. never a bully and never, I never got involved in it, and then I, I didn't need to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I had to, um, if I can identify with that, I was I, growing up, right? I was uh, I was subjected to bullying myself as, an, you know, as a youngster, and um, there was this kid, and he chased me every time I'd go to school. He used to be terrified going down the street. We all had just, just Just chased me every, every time, and... Um, I, I, you know, tried to tried to be a team player and join join a football team, and um, they'd never pick me, and I'd always feel that rejection. And we'll have him, we'll have him, we'll have him. And then I'd end up in goal, and I'd be shit anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I remember um, my dad used to talk about uh, being a boxer, and I always wanted an impression. I thought, yeah. so, you know, that's that get his approval here. And I joined the club, and, and and I learned a few skills. And this kid who used to bully me on the way to school, 
fronted me one day and I punched his head in and it was the best you know it was the best feeling ever it is it was it was like it was like wow I could actually I'm I'm capable I was sick inside of being sick inside so you know what I mean yeah I was in same sort of thing in junior school I was like quite a big kid and he was a lad the year above me in my brother's year and called Neil Hooper you know rest his soul he's, he's, he's passed away now and he was like, I'm not even messing from the age of about, I think we were about eight years old. He must have been six foot. He was huge. He, he was just a massive kid. Anyway, I was in a corridor by the cloakroom in Banks Road School and he punched me. Like, And I was just like, I froze. I just froze and done nothing back and my ass went. I just, you know, I, I wasn't, even though I could fight, I didn't, I didn't want to. I never, mm. you know, I could do anything not to fight because I, I just didn't like fighting. Um, so I told one of my good mates, Phil Jones, and Phil Jones come and, come and said, um, look, I'm not having that, because he was the cock of the school, this kid. Mm. I said, I'm not having that, you know, come out, I'll arrange a straightener. <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't I didn't want to agree to it, so it just, uh, anyway, at the, the end of the day, the, the word got round school, and I'm not messing, he must have been about 200 kids on Middle Park in Garston, yeah. wanting to see me have this straightener. So it went off with me, and then we started fighting, he bang he caught me in the nose my nose burst and I seen blood and that was it it was like red rag to a bull I mm. pummeled him I just ate him with everything bam 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 I was rolling under him I was only a kid mm. and I was I was like it was like a flow that was like it was natural to me I'd just done it I ended up just absolutely doing a job on him at the end of it we shook hands and that was that no one ever bothered me again I got a good name for myself do you know what I mean I, I kept that right through school see like see what I've noticed about you so like I, I follow you on Twitter and um you're, you're massive around anti-bullying. I hate I've, it. I've seen you, mate. I've seen you. Hate you're, it. You're retweeting tweets about kids getting bullied and and, and there's like you know, scumbags and this and, like, and I get it because I you know my brother's uh, being under um, subjected to similar stuff and uh, I, I I I I grew up around all that. You know what I mean? It's like it it doesn't make you a better person. It, it, do you think do you think this is um, this is stem from from that early childhood? You know, are you conditioned to to go you know fuck this man. I'm not a I'm, I'm not. I like like fighting for the underdog and stuff. Yeah, maybe 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 it's a defense mechanism that yeah. it takes a long time for it to snap and then come out in you. You know what I mean? But it's like what I've found is a lot of these kids that do the bullying are privileged kids, really. Honestly, they, mm. they've had everything their way. Yeah. They're spoiled, and it takes for someone to stand up to them to to put them in place. And you know, when they're young like that, they they don't know what they're doing. They're just, they're just kids being kids. Cause they've so used you to go be, and it's, it's, it just, is, it's macho it is, and it, it's like a acceptance. Yeah, and I don't know why they think that it's good. And like, it makes them, a, they, in their head, they probably think, yeah, it makes me the dog's bollocks sort of thing, but it, it doesn't. And they will regret it when they're yeah. older. And so what I what I learned from from, uh, from all this growing up was like, uh, people that put other people down to make themselves feel better it's because weird, they, felt, they felt shit about themselves. It's weird. Yeah, so I'd rather just give me a hug. Yeah, so they just elevate themselves with uh, with, with with putting others down. So yeah, I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad that's a uh, that's that's a, a subject that we can kind of identify with. You know what of I mean? I, I I agree on that one. People yeah. people don't um because they look at us like the lads downstairs. You two look yeah. bad. They they think that you you're gonna never, mess with you two. You've never yeah, had that yeah. problem, but no. I think every tough man yeah. has always had to go through some sort of mental bullying or physical bullying or something to make them into that person it is and, and, and for me the mental bullying's worse than I'd, yeah. I'd, 
I'd rather someone crack me. Yeah, that's, that's you get pain was all right. Yeah, yeah. That, that sound, but yeah. it's the mental side of things. I mean, I've had over the past few years stuff stuff going on in my life that's just like it's tortured me. It's tortured me, and I just don't know how to handle it. I mm. didn't know how to handle it. All I done was drink or take sleeping tablets to, yeah. to, to, to get past it, to, to blank it out. Yeah. And like, some people say that's a weak thing to do, but it's not because I was, I didn't know how to handle it. So what, what, what are you supposed to do? You're powerless. It's horrible. It's, it's a horrible, horrible thing to have. It is. It's like, it's, it's, you need to avoid reality and escape the moments. And, and we, we think that's the answer. Someone said to me once, um, if drugs is the question, if drugs is the answer, what was the question? I was like, well, fucking hell, I don't know, you know what I mean? I used to just take them to, to, to escape my own kind of shit as well. It's mad, isn't it? I was just, you crave for that release. Yeah. Just the, the, the disconnect from the shit. Just to say your head off for a bit. Bill, honest to God, mate, like, the, the, since my ma got diagnosed with cancer, that, that was like, and all other things going on in the background behind that, that just made things worse. I, I, I honestly now like I just said to you before I don't know how you got through what you did fuck knows how I got through that mate I yeah. literally I, but I've come out the other side and I'm a better person for it and exactly. like, like everyone that's struggling they need to know that you know things do get better that's it yeah you know you've got to you've got to walk through the mud and the nails to get through the other sides if you don't mm. then you won't experience that as well you, it, it helps you appreciate yeah like like the, the, the better things and like the good the little things the little things in that in life now make me happier than than, than anything that, mm. that money could buy, or like materialistic shit. I'm a simple man, me. Leave mm. me in my house playing FIFA and I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? I'm little things like that. Yeah, go. On. Yeah, I get, I get it. Go on. on the derby. We, we listen. Totally flip subject because he's a blue. So come on, that 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 went offside. No comments. Okay. <laughs> He's, and Pickford should be banned. Let's go back to to the to the to boxing as a young a youngster, right? So your first club, um, it was a, a club called Window Lane ABC. Garrison, yeah, Window under Lane. the bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be above a betting shop on the yeah. corner of Window Lane. I went there at the age of well after Rocky Five, 1985. I was five years of age, five six, mm. and obviously like a duck to water. Rolly Waddle and Gilly Waddle used to be brothers from Speak. They were no. from Beat Rolly and Gilly. I think Rolly's still alive. I think he still no. lives in Speak. Um, and again, Richie Wenton was there as he was coming through. Because yeah, Terry Wenton his yeah, dad. Yeah, from Gaston. Terry Wenton his dad used to yeah. come in the gym and train, help us train. And I mean, um, he'd done that for a few years when Richie was fighting for British titles and that. I, um, he used to come in and train with us and we used to watch him. We used to stand there and be in awe of him. And I never, I never looked back since. I went from there to the South Liverpool. Um Went from the South Liverpool to the Golden Gloves. Had my first three fights for the Gloves. You start up in Park Road? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. United Services Club. Yeah, by, yeah. The, by the Al Tesco. That's where it was, the back. I went to train, I trained there for a, for, a, for a little bit, not a lot more. Yeah, I was in there with uh, Shane Airy and yeah, yeah. Danny Peters. Danny, uh, yeah. Danny, was, Danny was at my age group. Danny was probably one of the most talented fighters yeah, I've ever seen. Yeah. Everything was fluid with him. It was just his natural, his jab, one of the best jabs I've yeah. seen. To this day, do you know what I mean? It, everything he'd done was effortless. He was, yeah, he was in my era, Sandy. Jason, the Flashman and all that, a little bit younger. There was a few boxers back then that were like, uh, that, were, that were really up and coming. But like, Danny beat um, Neil Simpson, who went on to win the 
bits of Commonwealth light yeah. heavyweight title. Danny absolutely punched holes in him, but he always had a problem with controlling his weight. He was a big lad, keeping his weight down was a nightmare for him. He's like me, you only have yeah. to look at a piece of cake and you put two pounds on. Yeah. So I was in the gym with them and um, Sugar Jill Belair, who used to be in there. Sugar Jill Belair. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar used to be in there with us as well when he was British champion. And as I say, in my first three fights with them, I won all three by KO. And then Georgie Schofield, who trained us with little Joe Harper, he um, he went pro with Neri and Danny Beaters. So yeah. he just said to me, listen, best club in Liverpool, Gemini. Yeah. you got to go there. So <laughs> from there, that's I where I started. I started with, with Ambrose, Shane Ambrose, and yeah. it was all green. It was a green kit. I remember it. It was uh, and John John Rice. It was I don't think John Rice was there then. It was a uh, Paul King. Yeah, he was the first the first trainer I'd ever encountered. Yeah, uh, and, and best dressed scally in Liverpool. Yeah, and John Naylor. <laughs> yeah, the Al John. Boss John. And then he went from he went from Shane Ambrose and was sponsored by Gemini. I was boxed down for a few years. I enjoyed it. So, what do you think of the uh, Gemini as a club back then? Bouncing. It was absolutely You were the trainers there at the time? At the John time, Rice. Yeah, it was John Rice. Um, Eddie Addington used to mm. help us out. Uh, he's, he's back there now, Eddie Addington. Joey Ryan. John Naylor. Joey Ryan used to pop in every now yeah. and then. John Naylor was there. It was John Rice and John Naylor, basically. Yeah, um, yeah they were there when I... That was how it was when I was in the Gemini. But it was like... When I went there, I, obviously I'd only had three, three fights at club shows. I knew nothing about... The national championships and tournaments and yeah. I, I was only a kid I didn't really understand boxing so when I went there I had like said Brian Pollard Lidl uh, Mark Repian Carl Wall they were all champions and I was like mm. it was next level to me so I was getting in and getting beat up mm. do you know what I mean I was a big lad I was nine stone at the age of 12 yeah. so I was big so I used to have to go and spar with the, I got put because they had three groups they had schoolboy junior and senior I went straight to the to, to, to seniors because they were so big. I couldn't spar with the kids my age because they were tiny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I went straight up to the seniors and in a way... Was the I gym, mean, was, the gym de- was it back then? Was it under in the bats? In the bats? Underneath, yeah. Under, in the little, the little boiler room. Boss, <laughs> really? Boss atmosphere. Yeah. You go in there and all the Skipping flats. on the steps and yeah. the, uh, on the, the bats. On the, yeah. yeah, on the balcony. On the balcony. But it was roasting in there. Yeah. It was like a sauna. Yeah, so you brilliant. put your gear on and get up there and lose your weight. But like, as I say, I was sparring with... ABA champions, national champions, and I was I was taking beatings. I was getting I was getting a hit. Yeah. I used to spar with I was thinking I was thirteen years of age. I used to spar with Lee Burns and Lee Burns yeah. Paul is that Paul's brother? Paul's brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used to punch holes in me. And he used yeah. to, I mean, some nights I went home and I was literally near in tears. My head was hurting me that bad. Yeah. But the next time I sparred him, you know, I got, I got a little bit better. Yeah. Got a little bit better, and that was the way it went. Tony Dowd, do you know Tony Dowd? Sounds familiar. You, you think he's from Netherly? Yeah, yeah. you shall. Put a nice over face sometimes. Yeah, he's um, he was there, and I was like a kid sparring men. These were full blown men, and I, f- I was finding it hard. Do you know what I mean? But looking back now, that improved me so much. Don't get me wrong. Look, going in the gym and having spars where you work on the technical side of things, everyone needs that. Mm. But you also need to be pushed to the wire to see how good you are, mm. how much you've got in here. And and whether them skills that you know you've got can be called upon when you're under pressure and someone puts it on you. Don't get me wrong, listen, there's a fine line between having too many heavy spars yeah. and too many lights. These are very fine line and you might not ever get it right, but you do need to be pushed. You do need to be pushed to the limit to see what whether you've got it or not, basically. Yeah, I don't know, because for, for me when I was we used to 
we used to have to uh, run to the lighthouse and back. So you still just remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do that, yeah. do that run every day, every time we go. I used to hate running, so I know. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't like hated it. running. Hated for me, it. For me, I, it was boring. I've li- yeah, but I've listened to Joe Rogan for years. Yeah. So for me, like later on when I turned pro, when I used to, I've never been one to listen to music. Yeah. I hate music. I don't know why. I'm a, I'm a weird, weird person like yeah. that. I used to put them on, and if it was something that he spoke about that I was interested in. Before I knew it, the six mile would be done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I'd flew round it. Yeah. Seven, eight minute miles, I was flying because I was focusing on something that I enjoyed yeah. rather than the pain and the sweat you've been on. Do you so, know what I mean? So, see your amateur career, uh, what was your, um, how many fights did you have amateur? 38. 38. Lost so three. Lost three. I won Brilliant. seven national titles and a junior Olympic gold medal. Wow. See, the Brilliant. seven nationals as well is, is, is different from what it is now. Their national title is just England. Yeah. The four nations it'd be called now. Yeah. That's what they go in. So it was England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And I won four schoolboy titles on the bounce. I'm probably one of the only people ever to have done it. I don't, I don't know whether anyone from Liverpool has even done that. I think the only yeah, I don't think they have. Does Stevie Foran might have done it. I'm sure I spoke with him. I'll tell you I'll tell you who was big in the days on amateur when I was a kid was he he won I think he won seven ABA titles on the run. Yeah. from Shane Sellers. Uh, uh, Lions, Ian Lions, yeah. John Lions, John, John Lions. Lions, Ian's his son. Yeah. I team with Ian and um, Oliver Allison. Yeah, John. He, I don't know what happened with him. He just he was he was like winning them year after year. He started saying pros, and yeah, then yeah. he just fell away from the sport yeah. as, as people do. I mean, it's a dog's game. If you ask me, I'd never. Yeah. My lad's fighting. I don't yeah. want him to, yeah. and he's decent. I don't want him to fight. But yet, one year, Bill, I won. Um, I won the schools. I won the NBCs. I won the junior ABAs and the junior Olympics in one season. Brilliant. So that was brilliant, and like like I said, when it, the, the day I turned eighteen, Barry Ian, he, we were good mates with Alan Levine, yeah. and um, he gave us the number to speak to Barry. And it's not like like I've I've worked with every promoter in Britain. Barry Ian for me was the best. Is that Eddie's uncle? Barry is Eddie's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, I could pick up the phone and speak to him anytime I wanted to. Now you can't even get it here on the phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because Obviously, he's a busy man, and the prioritise promoters who's important and who's not. Yeah. So when you're doing well and coming through, they're always on the phone. All the mm. pick up the phone. like Bom- Bomber said, the scene value said the other night. He said, "Been trying to ring Eddie for a week." I've seen that, yeah. So, and then so I had to tweet him over Shaq. Yeah, yeah, I had to tweet him, and then he, he soon got back to me. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, what it's like. Yeah. If you're not flavour of the month, or you can't benefit them in any way, yeah. they use you and abuse you. That's yeah. unfortunately that's life, and that's how humans are if yeah. you can benefit them they will be all over you it's a doggy dog will like you said mate it is bad, Bill. one's there you the dog and one's there you the lamppost and then, yeah you, know you mean? do mate you think um, you think it's going to last forever when yeah. you're coming through you think it really is I turn 40 in July mate this is like, like that. this is another question that like and it's 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 always been true to me and it's it's like boxing is the loneliest sport it's horrible it's like it's you and that's why I chose it you know so you know as a kid I couldn't I couldn't connect with like with others, so I couldn't yeah. be a team player. So you know, I found something that I could do, I could depend on myself. And it was in your hands. Yeah, and literally, it was in your hands. And you know what I found? So right, um, physically, I could take pain because I'd been beaten as a kid by my dad, and this is how it was. And I grew up, and I had a, a tough childhood. You know what I mean? I'm not going to compare myself to anyone else, but it was, and it kind of stood me in good stead um, in that way. Uh, but emotionally, I was I was ruined. You know, you could you could put me in the ring and you could you could punch me head in and you could put a plaster on the cut and stuff. But take me out of it and like 
I couldn't deal with their like, relationships and rejection and you feelings. Know what? I think a lot of fighters are like that, mate. I think a lot of fighters have suffered in that in that in that department. Yeah. In terms of like you said, rejection, not feeling loved. At the end of the day, look, I'll be the first. I'm a big softy, mate. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I cry at stupid things. That's and I think right. maybe it's yeah. because when I was a kid, like I craved for attention and that because I don't know, I always, I never felt like I was good enough. Yeah. Not by, me mum and dad were brilliant with me, do you know what I mean? It was boss, but I always felt like I wanted to be better than what I was. I always strived for that, to better myself and be better than the next person. But maybe maybe that's part of it, I don't know. Yeah. Never put me nail, me, um, I never nail it, what, you know, what the problem was, but it was always something I always felt like I needed to be accepted, sort I, of thing, you know what I mean? If, I think for me, why to like go through a, uh, like, a lot of understanding and feeling around it. It was like, it was down to like lack of self-esteem and lack of confidence growing up. Yeah. Uh, seeking approval and like you said, uh, wanting to be loved and needed and, and even liked. Yeah. You know, and like that mental bullying you were talking about, I was like going to school and sometimes I was like, you know, do you remember that, that shell sticks and stones won't break yeah, your bones yeah. but names will never hurt you and all that. Fucking just the opposite to, for, for anyone. It cuts you up yeah, when people don't see. Yeah. Going home with feeling fucking... Yeah, I, I used to go to school in Garston, right? St. John Almond's, and I used to get called a speed tramp, right? And this is what we were, speed tramps. Yeah, my sister's a speed scaffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speed tramp. Like, I had loads of freckles who would be getting called shit blash, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, was, oh, fuck, I felt so ugly. I felt like not worthy of like fucking anything, to be honest. And, 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 it, it, it's it, not it, nice, it, mate. It's, it's not, no, and that's, 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 see that, you're talking about that, that bullying, mate. It has an impact on you growing up. It, it affects you years later. It's only now. It has two ways, can't it? It can use it for the good like we did, yeah. or it can just fucking flip a kid. And have, I know kids that have killed themselves over, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hung themselves and, and, and tip-topped themselves over basically mental bullying. It's I, shit. But, but, but the people that are doing it don't think that it could ever go to that because to them yeah. it's just just a laugh. It's just fucking yeah. whatever your name is. Oh, it's only him. He's a dickhead. Yeah. He'll be all right. And then the dead, do you know yeah. what I mean? And they, they need to really be realise like how 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 deep it can cut you. Just yeah. words, mate. It's just not good. You don't realise how, how vulnerable people are in this day and age. You've got all the uh, social media platforms and that's another form, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, so, I'm glad I never I never had that growing up. Yeah, me like, too. It's yeah. it's like my little girl now. She's seven, and um, she wants to go on Instagram, and she's always on uh, what's TikTok, and mm. I'm like. She's so self-conscious of how she looks, or even more to the point is how other people see her. At seven years of age, mate, I was out climbing trees and didn't give a fuck and just yeah. enjoying myself, yeah. throwing water bombs and playing tick and being a fucking kid, do you know what I mean? Knock a door dash. And now... Fucking YouTubers now, aren't they? Ah, Lou, look, yeah. I'm not messing. You know, if I let her do it, she'd get up of a morning, YouTube. Yeah. You'd still be on a ten at night if yeah. it didn't take it off her. Yeah. It's that it's that intense with them. Do you know what, right? It's it's, it's something I was looking at uh, recently, it's, you know, the addiction side of things. It separates kids from uh, communities and society. Reality. The ice the ice you know, my my nephew, he isolates himself. He's got a big crazy cat wig. Won't go to barbers <laughs> because he's 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 scared he's gonna miss out on something if he if he go he, he gets his tea in his room. Right? It's just like a cave. I was like, wow. Aren't they setting up like um, withdrawal centres or something? You for need the kids to. Now? Yeah, yeah. I think they are putting things in place. Gaming, gaming, like gaming anonymous or something. Like I've, I'm a bad gamer, I'll admit yeah. to it. That's my 
that was when I was fighting and I was dieting and yeah. whatever. That, that's my release. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can detach from humanity and yeah. go on the computer. It's, it's winding down, and it, it? Do, it does. Everyone's got their little um, devices. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mine was just sitting there playing computer. Yeah. It's not, people have done worse things. Not too bad. No, it's not. It's not bad. We'll talk about other things that, that can affect us. But she, so from your amateur career, so right, I'm more, I'm interested in like your pro career now, right? Yeah. So you're 18. Is this way? So I got a, I got an offer off Frank Warren, um, hundred grand to turn pro for him, but I was being sponsored by a, a gentleman called Brendan Devine, who mm. owned a big company and that. So I was on six hundred pound a week, cashing my hand at eighteen years of age, yeah. nineteen ninety eight. That's exactly. So, so I looked after me half a little bit that. Yeah. My dad, because if it were for my dad, I wouldn't be sitting here now having these stories to tell. My dad, I owe everything to him. Like I'm not messing. Like, he just put me on the right path. Realised that I was good at something. Like, my brother and that, I just never wanted to fight. We always tried to get him involved. He wasn't interested. He just wanted to be out with his mates. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, my dad seen that I had that dedication and that commitment and that, that vision to want to better myself and be good at what I do. And, like, I, kids would say Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'd say Monday to Saturday every day. Do you know what I mean? At a young age, and that was why. What at the end of the day, you don't get out of something. Yeah, you don't yeah. get out of something. What you put in, exactly. Yeah. I made sure that if my opponent was doing three runs a week, I'd do six. Yeah. I always had that mentality. I always wanted to do more. In the end, it backfired on me. We'll talk about it later. But mm. that was always my mentality. I wanted to be the first in and the last out of the gym. So, I think my dad, I owe it to him because he kept me on the straight and narrow. He put the he put the foundations in as a kid. Respect, loyalty, manners, dedication, commitment. If you're gonna do something, you do it 100 percent or you don't do it at all. Mm. That was the the, the the like the values he put into me. My dad doing a fighting man, he worked on a taxi. He worked the buses used to drive the 80. You probably had known me dad when he used to drive the 80, because obviously he's bums on the bus at the time. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like Saddam Hussein with a big muzzy. I'll show you the picture of him, you probably recognise him. <laughs> So um, I have to thank him for, for everything he put into me. He was never a fighting man. We've we done the buses, thank God, we're in the taxis for 30 years. Mm. So it was never, never part of me. Granddad Ali, his dad, six foot two, big fella. He, he could box in the army and that went to Egypt, fought in the war. And he was um, he was more of a fighting man, but never me dad. So it's not like people say, Did you get it from your dad? I was like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, it's just in me to fight. So I have to thank him for everything that he done. In the early in the early years, and I've tried to pass that on to my kids. Hmm. Now I don't want Ali to have a fight, but I want to have the respect and the, the you know the manners that cost nothing yeah. in life, and just be polite. Um, Anthony, he's like a cardboard cutout to me. He's he's dedicated even now throughout the whole lockdown. He's running every day, training in the house, in the back garden, on the pads. He's he's just dedicated. He wants to do it, and it kills me because I know how much of a fucking dog game it is. Yeah. It's not a good game for no. what you sacrifice for what you get out of it, it it's not worth it. it 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 really isn't worth it but if he wants to do it i've got to, i've got to support him that's fair a little bit of a ruckus outside that's so we'll just have to like live and live and learn with this i just i'm just grateful that i've got the opportunities to uh, sit here and source here and listen listen here um so under k big money Frank Warren. Yeah, I said no. Um, said no? Yeah, I said no. Yeah. I said no because obviously Brendan, 
was paying me this money and he was going to manage me um, because of what I'd done as an amateur. I didn't even have a senior fight. I just yeah. turned pro the day I was 18. Um, Alan Levine was good friends of the family and he put us in contact with Barry Ern. And Barry just said, and even to the day he retired, matchroom, don't do contracts. Me word, <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds, me word, me bond. Listen, if I say I'm going to do something for you, I'll do it. Mm. Contracts just make things complicated. I'll pay you X amount. We talk about it. This is how it's done. I was happy with that. So we said, um, okay, your debut, July. I think it was July the 3rd or the 4th. So it was the day or two after my birthday. Just turned well. I was just turning nineteen, so I turned pro when I was eighteen. Signed the contract, and that was eighteen. My first fight was a day or two over when I was nineteen. I boxed on um, Tom Boom Boom Johnson. Tom Boom Boom Johnson. Yeah, he did. Naz knocked him out for the IBF title. Yeah. Um. So he was fighting Charlie Shepard in Carlisle. This so is your first fight. This is my first fight. Yeah. So was, um, was you all? Was, how did you feel? It like, was mad. It was. It was mad because obviously head guard vest. We wear all that protective gear, which doesn't make a fucking bit of difference at all. No. But it just, you feel like you can breathe more when you're not covered. So, yeah, yeah. training went well. Obviously, I was always struggling with my weight because I'd now, I won the NABCs at light heavyweight, which is 12 stone 10. Yeah. And then I moved down to super middle, which is 12 stone. So, it's a, it's a lot of weight to drop for anybody. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, it was a roasting hot day, so I fucking killed me out of weight in the same day as the yeah. fight. Killed me to do that. But I was all right because the... <laughs> Got in the ring, I caught him with the left hook and just put him a kip, so it was over in 15 seconds. Brilliant. So that was the dream debut yeah. that, that, you know, that everyone wanted to see. And um, Barry Aim was just, he was happy and I was happy with the agreement that, that was made before the fight. And it's like, when do you want to fight next? Yeah. That's what it was like. He just wanted to keep you busy. Yeah. I mean, the amount of fights that I could have had, I mean, I had 42. So I reckon I could have had at least 82 had I not got injured. Injuries yeah. throughout the years is it's 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 really put a span in the works. So do you wanna tell tell us who um, who you're up against like like who your challenges were? Michael McDermott was the first kid. Then I boxed I boxed in um in Cardiff, in the ice rink in Cardiff. Um I boxed a kid called Sean Pritchard. He was he won one, lost one. He was a decent fighter. He was in the changing rooms for my first fight. So I, I knew the kid not knew him but we cross paths. You cross paths with all the fighters on yeah, the circuit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. So yeah. it's it's weird because like because <laughs> I was young and naive. I was never one to have you know a fucking stay your opponents and you be nasty to them. It's bullshit. It mm. Means nothing to me before you get in because you're gonna fight anyway. Mm. I'm gonna fucking do you in. So it doesn't matter whether it be sandwiched or not. Mm. Makes no odds on the fight. I could never have that in me. Mm. So this Sean Pritchard, he knew who I was because of. My my, you know, me, me rise through the amateur ranks. I was well known. Everyone mm. knew who I was because of everything I'd, I'd, I'd won. You had to go pedigree. Yeah, yeah, everyone knew my name. So like when I seen him on my pro debut in, in Carlisle, I was talking to him. He was sound. So when we come to box the next fight, I went to show and he was like, "Snarling at me, I thought you little <laughs> cunt, yeah." So anyway, I'd done him. I, I had I had two rounds which were like a little bit competitive because he could fight the kid. Yeah. And then I, I, I lean back on the boat, bang, right hand, split his, split his left eye. As opposed to that, like, back, it's like it's like his, his coping, his I way of coping, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like a scared cat. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? That's his, like, you know what? his coping mechanism. You get it. So, so I done him, I stopped him in the third. Then I went to fight a, a fella called Mark Dawson. 
right, in, in Aston Villa. Now, this was the fight where he was a proper journeyman. Now, yeah. look, these fucking journeymen can fight, mate. They can fight. They know the game. Yeah. They know the way they're around the ring. They can... If they'll get paid a grand to fight a fella in the four-rounder or something on, on the Friday. They can fight the following week if they don't get injured or stopped. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're the tough arses tough they are. So this fella, he'd, he'd had 30 fights or something. He hadn't won many. I think he'd won 11 or something. But yeah. I looked at him and I thought, you little fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to do you this. I was full of myself then because the first two fights won by yeah, knockout. Yeah. I was, you know, coming brilliant pedigree. And um, he was a rough ass mate and I come out of that ring. Beat him on points. But my face was, uh, my face was just tore apart. He absolutely... But it wasn't, are they catching me with anything? It was just his elbows and his head and just a rough ass fighter, you know what I mean? Mm. Got out of the ring, I remember my ma seeing me at ringside and crying. My mum, I can still remember her looking at me in tears, nearly coming out of her eyes. And what's he done to you? I said, Mum, I won, that's all that matters, you know what I mean? So I've done him. Then my next fella, I boxed him, a fella called Paul Bonson, who ended up having like nearly 100 fights or something in the end. Tough, tough man, like a rugby player. Mm. Stocky, again, knew, knew his way around the ring. I boxed on Nassim Ahmed undercard when um, when Voyani Bungu, when Naz come in on the, on the carpet. Mm. P. Diddy walked him to the to the, to the the ring. I boxed him and beat him on points. I boxed a kid called Jimmy Steele. And, and Jimmy Steele, another one, another one that's just a journeyman, but you need these people early in your career yeah. because there is a difference from being a kid don't forget, I was a kid. I never had any senior fights. I never got that experience in my head. I told when I, when I was eighteen, I was saying the pro thought I was going to be world champion because I'd won everything I'd ever entered. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a walk on the park to be world champion. I didn't understand or realize that you're up against how class. fucking tough. Fucking, yeah, it's fucking. No, it's not. Yeah, class as the levels got yeah. up like front. <clears throat> we'll talk about that later, but. Not how tough these men were. They, they, they weren't just gonna fall over. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I learned it the hard way. That's like face marked up. But when I did start knocking people over as my career went on, I sort of forgot my boxing ability. What I, what won me everything as a, as a fighter as an amateur was me, me ability to box and my skill. And because I started knocking people out, I sort of put that on the back burner and just relied on my power, and my aggression, and me me you know me tempo were just. Work, 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 work. You know, you live and learn. I just never. So anyway, I'd done him. Then I knocked out a kid in bowlers called Danny Southern. Now, this kid was fucking... He'd only lost one out of six or something. He was a decent kid. Southpaw. Um, actually picked him to beat me. Like, on, do you know what I mean? Because the kid had been in with some good lads. And anyway, I slipped outside his, his right... Because I think he was a southpaw. Slipped outside his right. Bang, body shot. Just put him over. Folded him. That was on the Michael Brody card mm. in um, Bowlers in Manchester. It's mad. Talking about it now, yeah. I'm thinking, fuck hell, yeah, I can remember that. <laughs> um, so from there I went, I boxed some Romanian kid, done him. Then I boxed a kid called Valerie Oden. Now this lad, I boxed him in Wembley. Um, he was one of the Peacock Gym lads. Um, a black kid, massive, ripped to the bone. Could fight. I wouldn't like to fight him in a, in a telephone box, let's put it that way. Anyway, mm. went to war with him. It's gonna be a um, supposed to be an eight rounder. So, um, just before we went in, he said, Look, we're going over a time schedule because with, with the fights, with television, you've got to have a schedule. Obviously, what time the fights go on, and if fights run too long, then 
they have to like alternate the other fights to make it work and fit in with the program. So they, they cut it from an eight to a six, and I was happy with that, obviously, because we were getting the same money, whatever, mm. less work. But after the fucking third round, I thought, thank fuck, this is all. Because <laughs> this kid come at me like a train. Yeah, didn't stop. Yeah. Bill, I swear, there's a clip of it on my, on my Instagram. Yeah. He just didn't stop winging. He, he Technically, he was shit. <laughs> but physically, mate, he could hit like a train and he just did not stop. Anyway, knocked them out in the third round. The end of the third, cop caught them, slipped, bang, left up, and then backed them on the ropes and caught them with the double right hook. Um, and then my first title in Liverpool um, John Penn the central area again this kid was I think he'd won 10 lost 1 um, he was coming off 2 wins uh, he'd whack had a big knockout ratio and he could have a little fight and knock them out in 2 rounds or what was it yeah knocked them out in 2 rounds done him that was my first flying here aren't we that was my first one yeah. onto that was live on Sky as well. I got knocked out to the year as well. Brilliant. So it was um, it was televised. It was happy and again just around that time I was outside the ring was starting to become a problem. Yeah. It was women with me have always been a problem because I've always wanted I don't know like fighters. I don't know like you were saying before they crave to be loved and attention and. My thing was never going out and partying. I never, I was never in that scene where I was never a drinker. Mm. I never done that. So I always, my thing was for me was go home to my bed after the gym, chill out, have on my computer. I was happy with that. I was yeah. Simple man, simple things. You know what I mean? That was that was the thing for me. So um, obviously, around that time, Auntie's mum got pregnant. My son was my first lad got pregnant and I went through hell with her, split up with her. I've had my son since day one. He's been with me since he was born. How um, old are you now? 18. 18, well. 18, 18 the other day. So I've tried to do as best as I can by him. So um, yeah, I was going through a lot of shit at the time. I was essentially a champion. Personal problems going on in the background, but I still got through it. You know what I mean? I still mm. managed. Then, obviously, um, who was that next? Um, done John Penn, done Jason Hart. Then I lost to a fella called Vruzan Daftian, right? It was only had on record when I boxed him. He had no fights, but I knew after that he'd had all sorts of fights in Armenia that hadn't been recorded, whatever. And he he had amateur pedigree, whatever. And I thought I won the fight. Mm. That was my first loss. Was it on points there? Yeah, it was on yeah. points. Lost on points there. That was my first loss. But again, like I I didn't think he'd done anything special to win the fight. I got the DVD. I'll show you it one day. Yeah. Um, I don't think he he beat me, but. You live in there and he rough ass, big fella, didn't see him on the scales. And this was the thing with these with these fighters. Um on the pro shows, a lot of the fights that I went in, I never seen the fellas on the scales. Now you have to weigh him with your opponent, you see what they are. Yeah. But John Wish I was in a match, it was just like, look, he's sound, he's, he's this weight or that weight, and you know, as long as you're that weight then then sound. Yeah. No, he didn't get weighed in. Do you know what I mean? He got in the ring, he must have been about fifteen stone. He was huge. So I lost that one. And then after losing a fight, I got offered to fight Brian Barbosa at four days' notice. I was training on the undercard um, to fight a kid called Dan Ashton just in the four rounder, just to obviously get back in the swing of things. And then he come come with a call two two days before the show in Liverpool, yeah, um, Everton Park. A fellow who'd won twenty nine fights knocked twenty one of them out. Was a big yeah, the win over yeah. Robert Allen, who was. Um, 
who was who just challenged Bera Dawkins for the, mm. the undisputed middleweight titles. So again, he was a big hitter. He was ranked in the top five of every governing body in Britain. And um, I took it a two days' notice and absolutely fucking handed him his ass on a plate. Right. I, I boxed his head off. That was possibly mm. the best performance in my career because because of the calibre of opponent that he was. And Brian McGee didn't want to fight him. He was world champion. Brian McGee was IBO world t- champion mm. and didn't want to fight him. Wouldn't take the fight. And I took it a two days' notice and, and done him. But I bust my hand. When I, I dropped him, I think it was the sixth or the seventh, when he hit him, snapped me tendon in my knuckle. So, um, You've hit him hard, haven't you? Yeah, snapped me tendon in my knuckle. He's, he's gone through the ropes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even though I got the win, I had to have six, eight months off getting this to heal. Mm. Then was the problem to getting me weight back down because obviously staying out for that long, I'd ballooned up in weight. Again, so I'll come back after him. I won the WBF Intercontinental Super Middleweight title on a points decision over a fella called Michael Gowie. Um, he was a Southpaw. I think he was from... I think he was Dutch. I think he was. Tough, tough fighter, but just awkward as fuck. I hate Southpaws. <laughs> I, I just fucking hate them. Just, honest to God, you should all be killed a bit. <laughs> fucking, did you do me head Shouldn't even get in the ring, should he? Yeah. So I had a nightmare with him, but I got yeah. the win again. Um, and then... I boxed a fella called Albert Rybach. He was unbeaten in 11. I was possibly ahead on every scorecard going into the ninth round of a 10-round fight. He caught me with a body shot, just a little right hand to the body. And, like, obviously, I went down, I got back up, but the ref jumped in because he, he, he caught me. Decent fighter. He boxed frotch. He put you down. Yeah, he, and he put me down with a body shot, and then um, I was exhausted then, but I was ahead on the scorecard. He was... You know, there's a round to go. Just unlucky. It happens, that's boxing for you. I dominated 90% of the fight. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's a 10-round fight and he come through it. So he beat me on that one. Um, what happened then? Then lost the one then, Pierre Moreno. I boxed him for the WBF Intercontinental title. 10-round fight. Get cut in the fourth. I'm ahead on every scorecard. Absolutely pummeling him. Howard Foster, you know the fellow that stopped the um, Frotchin Groves? Yeah, yeah. Him. This was his first fuck up with me. So the cut happens in the fourth. Wasn't bleeding, didn't get bigger, was sound and then stops me in the ninth round of a 10 round fight on a cut. That happened in the fourth. Mm. In a fight that I was winning, I had every score. Doesn't make out. sense, does it? No, it doesn't. No. It wasn't bleeding. So I wasn't. You, I was winning the fight. I w- he wasn't even catching me with anything. I was. Fucking robbed you. I, yeah. He robbed me of a lot of money. Yeah. So after that, I um, I then got the return with Daftian, the kid, that, the Armenian kid that beat me. Yeah. Um, the first loss I had. So it was a women's situation for me because I knew, because I wasn't losing to anybody in Britain, I was still highly ranked in the British rankings because mm. I was losing to foreigners. Um, my ranking was still there, so I needed to get one win to get a shot at the British. So I boxed Daftian, the kid that beat me the first time. I broke his ribs and knocked him out and around. I think it was around. Yeah, I think it was around. Done him. So that was brilliant for me. I was on a high then. And then I was going to Belfast then King's Hall to fight Alan Foster. He was unbeaten in 10 or 11 mm. when I boxed him. Um, tough kid. Decent record. Half and half. You know, he'd won all his fights, but had knocked out six or seven of them. So he was he was a good fighter. He was from um, Chris Sanigar's camp. And yeah, he come. And I just... 
for 10 rounds of the fight, I just laboured. Mm. I don't know why, I just laboured. I mean, I was, I was nicking the rounds. I, th- I thought I was well ahead coming to the, I think it was the, the 11th. Did I stop him in the 11th? I stopped him in the 11th. I hit him with a step to the side, right arm, bang, dropped him. And then he was just exhausted because I just I mauled him and I was fit as a fiddle. I was still like top of my game going into the 11th or 12th round, smashing it, you know what I mean? He was exhausted because I'm big for the weight and mm. I leaned all over him and I just, I, I worked him and um, stopped him and I was pretty champion. Brilliant. So that was yeah, your first major title, yeah. First major first, title, British major, champion. Yeah, first major title. And then um, I actually, I had a bad car crash, didn't I? Damaged my T9 vertebrate in my spine, so I had to relinquish the title because of my injuries. Um, I couldn't do nothing. I was basically lying in a hospital bed. They had to take three sets of x-rays on my spine because it was swelled that bad yeah. to determine what was wrong with me. I was lucky that I were paralysed. Yeah. <laughs> While this is going on, obviously, Frotch on the telly, on terrestrial television, giving me shit, saying that I, something's happened to him, he's blah, blah, because I was supposed to fight him. I had the crash and he's like, something's happened to him, he's shit out. Trying to make out like I was yeah. shitting out of a fight. Yeah, and he, yeah. He, he, I could have been paralysed. Do you know, he didn't know, he didn't know what had gone on. So, from that day, it was just hate. Mm. I just didn't like him because no matter what, if someone is, is genuinely injured and could have been paralysed, is that not the part where as a decent man, you'd go, you know what, I'm sorry to hear about that. Best of luck with your recovery. What we can do in the future. So he's just putting you down. He's just fucking put me down yeah. on national terrestrial television. Yeah. This is on Granada. Do you know what I mean? ITV. So. So he's calling you out. Like being a being a gobshite yeah. basically. But look, 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 to this day, like we sound, are we going yeah. on cool? It's all put. To, <laughs> it's all put to bed. But yeah. anyway, so um, so I was off then for eighteen months with with me back and the rehab and getting better and I went through a lot of a lot of depression around that time because I had to give up me the the title that meant the world to me. I had to give it up, do you know what I mean? So I went through a fucking a bad, bad, mentally a bad, bad time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so um, got myself together, split up with, with Anthony's mum because I needed to. So in the background, there's a lot. A lot of shit going there's a lot, on. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, lot, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot going on. That, that's having an impact on your career, isn't it? As it, a whole. Everything that's gone on in the background for every fighter affects how they fight in the ring. You can have all the ability in the world, but you know if the jigsaw is not put together right, yeah, the jigsaw meaning the rest, the recovery, the see, mental, the mental side see, of it. See that that shows a big one for me, mate. It's like um, I train, and and I have um, I train a lot, and when I rest, I start like give myself an hard time, yeah, because I don't believe that like. You know, what's time to you and then he's a fine balance. Yeah, you need to have a balance, and I yeah. think because we're fighters, Bill, and we've always been like that. You always think the more you do, the better you're gonna be. It's not, it's not the case. You've seen me on the bags in the gym, mate, and it's like 10-3s and I'm going for it. You know what I mean? That's fucking hard. Yeah, and, I couldn't I'm, do that now because yeah. I, I haven't punched for a while now. But I'm patient myself. You know yeah, but yeah. when I'm under pressure, if it was on the pads, it'd be a different story. Yeah, yeah. If it was in the ring, it'd be a different story. But I'm on, it's easy when you're patient, you're like jogging. Yeah. You know, you can pace yourself. So that's not too bad, really. But uh, yeah, it's like I've got that that thing. I've got to fucking keep pushing myself. It, it's a fighter's mentality. Yeah, it's weird. It's it, like, it, yeah. it is. It, it's like people who have never boxed or who have never been in in the fighting environment, MMA, whatever, yeah. will never understand. But once you're a fighter or you've been in that sort of circumstance where you have to do it 
and you need to do it and to, to, to like to better yourself it's sort of it's cementing your your thought pattern yeah. you know what I mean it's like that's, yeah. that's all your goal is to just do more and more and more it's the way of life sometimes routine. see that was what was good with my dad my dad always knew because he'd been there from a young age he knew when to put the reins on me yeah. you'd always need someone to say look stop rest you're having tomorrow off yeah. John Rice was like that with me brilliant yeah. Adam Booth was like that with me brilliant you've got to have someone around you that can see how you're performing and how your body's acting and how you're acting as a person yeah, think, mentally and physically. I think that's what happens with the likes of myself as well. I overtrain. Um, it's like, I can train like, like a lot and then you have loads of fatigue. You know what I mean? But I'll yeah. train through the fatigue as well. Yeah. I'll push myself. Now, this, at the moment, we've got a bit of a, a tier three lockdown with gyms got closing and that. And I haven't trained as much but that affects my mental well-being, you know. Does, so does it affects everybody. Like this, it's disgusting that it's happening. It is. Science shows that this virus is not being spread through gyms. No, it's being spread through gatherings and you know what have you. But it's gyms are not. It's not. So we're we're like we're we're being like it's affecting us. Yeah. Our mental health and our mental well-being, physical fucking well-being as well. It's disgusting, mate. The relationships that we build with people in the gyms. Hey, you know what I mean, Tory government, mate. Yeah. And all, all these people now that are suffering voted these in. Mm. They're just rats, mate. They're just horrible rats. Yeah. Have you seen all of the stuff that they're doing, like handing out contracts to people that they know and family friends that run? It's billions of pounds been going into it. It's a joke. I don't even know how they're still in power. No, well, we just can go. We can talk about that all, all day. I know. So anyway, it goes back. So I've, <laughs> I've had the crash. Frotch is going on the telly. So now I've gone through like eighteen months of like being on the sidelines yeah. and watching all this go on and then I had obviously the personal problems going on and Barry rung me he and rung me because he was never just your promoter mm. you'd always got the feeling that he was a friend and wanted to be your friend and wanted to help you what the fuck he didn't have to what, what's he going to gain I've lost the fight blah blah mm. blah what's he going to gain by trying to help me but that's the sort of person he was he wanted to help me so he said listen so I spoke to your dad you need to get away, don't you? I was like, yeah, and I need to go. It's because Michael Ayers, can you remember Michael Ayers? Michael Ayers was WBF champion. He was a good fighter. Some Him and Wayne Rigby had fights of the year, two years on the run, unreal. Um, well, Michael was like late 30s, and he was like, look, I sent Shacker over to, that was his nickname, Michael Shacker Ayers. I sent Shacker over to Belfast with Jerry Story. Um, revived his career. He was going through similar things like you. Mm. He's having an Indian summer now. He's, He's, he's flying, you know, would you be interested in, you know, getting up, we'll sort out your your apartments, we'll put you somewhere to live, we'll pay for all your expenses. I was yeah. like, fucking right, get me out of here. Yeah. So I lived in Belfast, I stayed in the lodge on Cavill Road. Um, <laughs> I actually come good friends now with Carl Franton and Paddy yeah. Barnes because they were in the gym with me. I trained in um, Holy Family Boxing Club in, in Tigers Bay in Belfast. And um, best time of my life. Loved it. Loved it there. Loved, Jerry was... Jerry Senior, such a wise man. Went to what was the what was the Olympics that he went to? What he bombed? Years and years. Munich. Munich. Yeah, he yeah. was at that with the Irish, but he, that's how long he's been. Nineteen seventy two. That's yeah. how long he's yeah. been around boxing. Yeah. So, same Barry McGuigan. Yeah. So what he doesn't know about boxing is not worth knowing. But he's such. He was like a very calm. He, he still is like a very calm man when you talk to him. Is. His voice and the way he speaks to you just demands your attention. You yeah. want to listen to him. It's like, it's like, I want to say it, it. I wouldn't say magical, but it's like, 
like hypnotic. His voice is like hypnotic, like David Attenborough. Yeah. Same sort of thing. He's got this calming effect, and it just makes you want to listen to him. And he's for me, because I'm, I've just found out I've got traits of ADHD. Yeah. I have because I've always been like, Rrr. so I needed someone like him around me in my corner to calm me down. So we come at a time when I needed him because I was going through a lot of shit. Obviously, I was a dad now. I've got a newborn baby. And he's there, and like I said, he's been with me from day one. I've had him since he was born. So my mum used to have to look after my son while I went training away. So I'd, I'd be in Belfast from Monday to Friday every week, and I'd come home for the weekend. So Monday to Friday, my ma used to have to watch Andy. And without her, obviously, my life would have been a lot different. I wouldn't have been able to move. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to do nothing because your kids gotta come first. Even though I never wanted kids, and both girls knew I never wanted kids. But yeah, and I loved them more than anything. And mm. I, you know, I'd never changed them, but I did never want kids. So it was a lot for me to take on. Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. bringing it up by myself. You know what I mean? So it's a big ask, isn't it? So anyway, we had. I had to get a fight in before Foster. Um, where am I up to here? I'll go. We Pierre Marino, Dafty, and Foster. Yeah. So done faster, then had the car crash, come back with Jerry. Um, first fight back, they give me Daftian again, the kid that beat me. Yeah. Now I've already so it's one one now. He's got to win, I've got to win, whatever. Boxed him again, done him again. So it's just, it was good to be back. Got myself back into into like shape. I boxed another another Zablot. Can't even pronounce his name. I think he was a Polish kid. Okay. Done him in two rounds. Another fella. Done him in two rounds, then a box Jamie Ayn. This was the, a big fight for me because Jamie Ayn was a decent fighter. He um, he was coming with a winning record. He wanted to win. Big lad, could whack with the left hook. Had some good wins on his record. It was in Liverpool. It was in, like, because I always struggled with my weight bad, Bill. Bad. Like, my weight was, ugh, it was a fucking nightmare for me. So, I always remember coming out of the gym in Belfast two days before the way, and I think it was about nearly a stone overweight. I had to lose that much weight. Middle of summer, I used to always remember driving past this big Magnus sign on the, on the billboard. It was like a big pint of Magnus with ice in it. And you know what it's like to be dehydrated and yeah. weight trained <laughs> mate. That was a fucking torture for me. So I craved, I craved a pint of Magnus. Yeah. Craved it and it was just, it was just something I needed, but yeah. obviously I couldn't have it because I was fighting two days later. So anyway, we get to Liverpool, and um, done the weighing and that. When I got there, I was still a little bit overweight, so I had to put a sweat suit on, got the weight off, weighed in, and then the fight that night. After you vet, after the weighing, you feel a million pounds. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter then. You, yeah. You're happy. It's sort of like the best part of the whole thing is weighing in, making the weight, and then being able to eat. You can just done now no, that, that was the hard part now the easy part is fighting because it is mm. fighting is the easy part making weight is the fucking hard part yeah so um, I got I, you know coming out to the ring he, he walked in first because obviously I'm the home fighter yeah English title on the line Um, absolutely bouncing Everton Park as well it was a good good place to fight good atmosphere in there me being the home fighter you know, coming back after having this the crash former British champion, you know, the place was buzzing right behind me. It was actually in the changing rooms. Paul Smith was in the changing rooms with me because he just finished the session. Because me and Paul go go way back, good mates, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, just like Paul says, good luck. He was in there with Neil Perkins as well. Perkins was in there. Good luck, Dodd, blah, blah, blah. 
goes in, ended up doing them in six rounds, but probably one of the best performances in my career. Yeah. I absolutely pummeled them. It wasn't just... <clears throat> it was like everything that we worked on the gym with Jerry Story. Yeah. Come into play in, in the ring. And there's no better satisfaction as a fighter when you can do things in the ring that you've been taught in the gym by your trainer and you stick to a plan. Yeah. For me, I was always aggressive on, and, and forgot about the skill part of it. And, but Jerry managed to get me back to being like that. You know, implement putting a plan in place and implementing it, which is for me was like fucking never happened because I just would see red and just want to fight. So I've done it. I've done him. So I think it's sixth or the seventh round. I stopped him in. So now I'm champion again. Mm. So I'm happy. You know, Brilliant. back yeah, on yeah. top. So done him, uh, Jamie. So the next one, Frotch is nineteen and over this time. British and so he hasn't lost the fight, has he? Yeah, nineteen and over. So. So this is a big fight here. Massive fight. The biggest. Ten thousand people knocking the arena. At his own, on Life. his own, on his yeah, own. Yeah, his home turf. Yeah, I got the Cobra. Yeah, I got him. Um, at the time, I mean, I knew things about him as an amateur. He always struggled with self confidence. He wasn't a confident person. His ass would go before a fight. Obviously. He matured into possibly one of the best super middleweights we've ever seen. He's really that good. Mm. But at the time, I thought I could capitalise on trying to intimidate him, trying mm. to get into his head, trying to, you know. It, he obviously matured mentally, physically, up to these 19 fights. You know, to be unbeaten in 19 fights as a pro takes some going. Yeah. So he's um, he's not the, the fighter he was as an amateur. Even though he was an amateur, he won world medals and was highly decorative. But he still suffered with the mental side of things. He, he'd even tell you now himself, he yeah. did suffer with that side of things. Um, but again, Nottingham Arena, like I'm walking out there, I've got the whole crowd singing to me, the fucking hell are you? Yeah. It's, talking about it now feels like it never happened, but it was an achievement, you know, even though I lost the fight, I lost to possibly one of the best super middleweights we've, we've seen. So no shame in it. And for the three, for the two of the three rounds, I was actually on top. I won the first two rounds, just through work rate and sheer grit. But he caught me with the under the floating rib and, and on this side with the left hook and it just took the life out of me. Literally couldn't breathe. Literally went down and thought I'd be alright now. Give me right back. Like nothing happened. Mm. Just takes it like someone puts an elastic band around your lungs and you just can't breathe. So yeah, I lost that one, but like I said, in in, in hindsight I didn't lose to a normal fighter. No, I lost to no. possibly one of the best that you've you, we, this country's seen. Um and it hurt. It fucking more than hurt. Killed me. Yeah. Because that was my shot. Yeah. And then he after it, he went on to win. He go on the super six. Two fights after me, he went the super six. Got to the final. Got beat by Ward, obviously, but earns a lot of money. Won four world titles. So I've been literally touching distance for being big and, and other other opportunities that I had. We'll talk about as well in a minute. But because of the circumstances and injuries just didn't didn't happen so I lost to him let me see where we're going here um, where is he so I lost it yeah okay so then I get a phone call of um, because I've obviously been in with Frotch and he was highly ranked and whatever I got offered to fight a fella called um, what was his name Christian Sanavia mm. in Italy for the WBC world title how did that go? <laughs> so I needed a win 
because I was coming off a loss to Frotch. Yeah. I need I needed a win to be able to to fight him for it because they can because I was ranked in the top fifteen by the WBC. I was eligible to fight for a title, so I had to go in and get a win. So I boxed Nick Ogoth. Um I think yeah, Nick Ogoth. Uh, he was cruiserweight. Got to the cruiserweight to um, sorry the cruiserweight prize fighter final. So he was a big lad, strong, coming with a winning record again. Um, this was where the sleeping tablets worked against me. While all this was going on, throughout ninety nine percent of my fights, I couldn't sleep overnight. I used to ha- like I said before, if you can't sleep, you can't train. If you don't train, you don't fight. So what sleeping okay. tablets did you start taking? Zimmervanes, Ocotone, yeah. Still yeah. Knox. So, yeah. okay, so you take two of them, you'd be fucked, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I took 7.5, Zanty. Oh, these are 10 mil. Ugh. I took 15 of them. What a night. This night before this fight. You took 15 before So I took three. Wow. I took three to start with, right? I woke up the next day, there was a packet missing. Obviously, 14, 15 in a packet. So you've missed a few hours with your, your, your thing. Can't remember. You can't remember. Can't remember doing it. Just makes you feel like you're pissed. Yeah. Just, just can't remember doing it. So anyway, the next day, I, I wakes up. Fight day. Makes the wait. Um, and my partner says to me, like, why, why are you talking funny? I was like, oh, I've had a pre-workout. Because obviously, I take pre-workout and I used to blame that because mm. it makes me go, like, hypo. Weren't. I was still, because I took that many sleeping tablets, I was still yeah. dosed up off yeah. the sleeping tablets, you know what I mean? So you anyway. fighting that day. Yeah. Yeah, and this Damn. fight this fight was so important because I was fighting with the WBC title had I come through this yeah so second round I leaned back comes off the ropes bang butts me split my eye from there to there you could see the, my skull through, yeah, through my yeah. eye you, know I mean? you could see my skull it was that bad won a fight but the title's gone I can't fight yeah because the, 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 the shot was literally six weeks later and I've got this fucking mouth opening on my eye because of it hmm. now was it the sleeping tablets don't know I can't say it. it didn't help do you know what I mean it didn't help but I got a cut I think it'd probably be a contributing factor though to the yeah, way it wasn't good wasn't yeah, good. It was, yeah I was dicing with death mate but because of what I was going through personally it was um, it was again like you want to disconnect so going forward right so coming to the end of your career now yeah close because we've, 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 we've no there's more there's, I had 42 fights so there's a lot of fights since then it, there's a lot of twists and spins yeah. since then so anyway gets through him where is he got another couple of wins I boxed over in Italy in, in a big massive casino right next to Lake Garda brilliant a, a boss won that one on points then I boxed a kid called Nathan King Um, Nathan King was a tough lad he had a couple of good wins on his record and he fucking, he proper, I've sparred him, he used him as a sparring partner over in, for the, the English title. So I knew he could fight, but I, I actually, I was too skillful for him and boxed his head off when, when I sparred him. But when I boxed him, because I thought I was going to walk through him, biggest, biggest mistake in my life, I fucking, he gave me a good fight, you know what I mean? He, he cut me to bits. I won the fight. But again, I should have, I shouldn't just scrape, scrape through fights like that. I should be, steamrolling and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, should be but I got through it anyway so then um, I was down to fight Brian McGee for the British title in the Echo Arena first fight in the arena so again big opportunity um, after everything had been through losing the title this that the other now Brian McGee's champion because Frotch has vacated and moved on 
Um, sign for the fight done. Training over in with Haymaker over in Cyprus. Best training camp ever. I, me and David, I, I spoke to him last week. I'm still good mates with David now to this day. Um, Just to save his day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still good mates with him now to this day. He's probably one of the only fighters that throughout all of the years I've only stayed in touch with him. Yeah. Like other fighters I see, you know, like, but, but me and David are like good mates. You know, I'll bring him regularly and we'll speak and you know he's a good lad so no, it's um, nice that you've got that kind of like relationship, relationship yeah, yeah, yeah no because like I said a lot of people who you think are your friends they're, they're not no. you know what I mean but we've actually stayed good mates since. Yeah, I went to see David fight uh, in London uh, against Bellew yeah cost me a fortune like you know what I mean fucking not half but yeah um, that was your aim because yeah I grew up watching David you know yeah, and good he, fighter mate was I was supposed to fight him in the NBC finals in '97, yeah. and he pulled out, wouldn't fight me because that year I'd won the four titles on the bench. Because yeah, he was a cruiserweight, weren't he? Light heavy, light, light heavy, yeah. light heavy as an amateur. But so he was he, fighting cruiser with uh, Tony, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he boxed um, Carl Thompson, and he lost Carl Thompson hmm. at like. Carl Thompson, I, I, I know Carl. I met Carl. I've sparred with Carl. Lovely fella. You can fight me. Tell you what, some him, and you, him and Eubank, the fight him and Eubank. Sh- sh- see, I've watched his, his videos, Carl, and it's some mention on him. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. He, he just he said, he said to me, I done a little interview with him about uh, David Day. He said, so what What was it? He said, Jay was like unbeaten and he was, you know, he was, he was going for it. He said, Weather the storm, mate, and that's he, why he, he comes through. Yeah, he said, he said, I, I, he said, I knew he had, you know, like, like the engine there yeah. to keep going because he'd gash. Yeah. Because he'd be wanting to kill you. He'd be wanting to kill you. Know, is a long time. That half. But that, that was um, Carla Cat Thompson. Yeah. Put him to um, put him put him to put him to kip. He's knocked out first. He's done him, yeah. That first loss, David's wow. first loss. And he was in his forties, man. But I think when he boxed him, he was late thirties when he boxed him. But he he continued and still went on to win other world titles after that. He was he was he good fighter, mate. I used to enjoy watching him even Newbank. Yeah. <sighs> Incredible. It's one of the best fights you'll ever see. Who's your who's your most you know your favourite boxer? Tyson, brilliant. No one will ever understand. No. The, the, this generation now Won't will understand. never get how fucking good that man was. Brilliant. And his aura and everything about him. And yeah. he backed everything up in the ring. Yeah. I hate people that discredit Tyson now and say like he never boxed no one. He boxed every number one challenger yeah. that was put in front fucking of him. And fucking Wendy. destroyed them. Yeah. He didn't just beat them, he yeah. destroyed them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, look, Floyd Mayweather... This Timothy Mo, what, what's his name? Not one of the other night, the, the kid that beat um, Lomachenko. Uh, Lomachenko. Lomas was great. Lomas. I don't know. I'm surprised, really, because I thought Lomas, Lomachenko was like. But he moved up. I think Loma moved up a weight, and yeah. I think the kid was too strong for him. Skillful as well, really good and really strong. Yeah. But um, I think he's just a bit, a little bit more than he could chew. Then his dad put him in Bally Tansen school for a bit. Yeah, as a yeah. kid. Fucking mad, yeah. If it works for you, though, obviously it worked for him. It fucking worked for him, mate. He was great on his feet, weren't he? Yeah, so anyway, I was over in Cyprus, northern Cyprus, in a training camp over there for like 10 weeks before the fight. Um, so the week before the fight, we're down to fight McGee and Adam comes in the gym. I'm sparring with George Groves. Lots of McGee's pulled out. I was like, fucking hell. He's like, but you'll be happy with who's, who's standing in. I went to him, he went Tony Quigley. Now, me and Tony have just been on a press conference together for the show. He was fighting Paul David for the English. I was fighting McGee for the British. And we're walking around the arena up the top because it, it only just opened the arena. Yeah. So we were the first boxing show to headline it. He's like, fucking hell, Tony, you must be made up with this. Like, you know what I am told, but you'll be here soon. 
like that to him because I knew Tony was a good fighter and yeah. nothing but respect for, actually got on with him brilliantly as a friend and then Adam says to me you're fighting quickly <laughs> so it was mad how the week before we were walking around together and he was like fucking hell headlining this yeah, fight up, and then fighting him yeah so again it's just I never had some yeah, how some, did that go I punched holes in him for 12 rounds and I got stopped with 60 seconds on the clock fucking hell I was ahead on every scorecard. And how did you I've feel? How did you feel after it though? So devastated, devastated because everything went right. That was possibly the best training camp. Yeah, I've, I've ever had. I physically, you see me when I take my top off. I yeah. ripped to the bone. I made the weight perfect. Didn't struggle because over in Cyprus the climate was perfect. It was roasting lot in there. Our gym was spot on. We had the best equipment, best sparring. I mean, they had George Groves and hate to spar with. I was, I was George, doing 12 George rounds with George. You know what I mean? Brilliant, isn't he? George I was doing 12 rounds with George yeah. daily. And I, I was in the best shape in my life. And then to lose with 60 seconds on the clock of being two-time British champion. Listen, that's fucking boxing. I don't... I'm gutted because I can't say I'm two-time British champion. But I still got fight of the year. I went on to get fight of the year for that fight. You know what yeah. I mean? I, Bittersweet, bittersweet, yeah, bittersweet, mate. But again, don't any that happened, and then obviously he boxed Paul Smith, which I thought was a really close fight. Could have went either way. Paul got the nod, um, and I, me, like I said, me and Paul were mates, and he's helped me out. I've helped them out with sparring through the years, and I text him like a fucking again taking sleeping tablets. I text him fucking saying, "You're gonna give me a shot." This that. I don't think it said anything like offensive to him, but. He got a cob on over it. Like, and that was it then. It worked. But again, I got no more respect for Paul, so I shouldn't have done it that way. Bit of a bit of a sleeping tablet dickhead for doing it the way I'd done it. You yeah. Know, it could yeah, have we been made done. mistakes, mate. We're not fucking hell. I know. I should have shouldn't have done it that way. But it, it got made anyway, the fight got made. And yeah, Paul I, I cut him to bits. I just I always say, like, a footballer, you got solid money playing every week. They get injured. They're scoring goals every week, so they get injured. Put on the sideline for 12 months. Don't kick a ball. Don't do nothing. And then put back into a Champions League final mm. in 12 months' time. Are they going to be the same player? No. They're no. not going to because they're not, they're not regular. Well, that was the situation with me with the fight with Paul. But I asked for the fight. I made that decision. And it backfired on me because Paul got the nod. I mean, I thought it could have went either way. Um, it, that, that's just life, isn't it? Just it goes. Some go in your favour, some don't. Ball yeah, got the yeah. nod, and yeah. Then I had to, um, I had to ask a few questions of myself after the fight. Yeah, you know, I should have turned the screw a lot earlier. I should have. I was because of what happened with Quigley. I was fearful of blowing at the end. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because the the pace I boxed Quigley when you watch that fight, I'm like a fucking. I'm like a train. I just don't stop. From round one to round twelve, and in round twelve I was exhausted, and I didn't want that to happen again. So I should have turned the screw. Do you know what I mean? I should have put more into it. Hindsight's a lovely thing. <laughs> After yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll leave you new before. Um, I never, I never turned the screw. I paid the, paid the price, and yeah, it didn't go my way. And um, Paul went on to get four world title shots, and you know, had a great career. Um, and Did he ever win a world title? Paul? No, no, no. no, he, no he, he boxed, he, you know, when he boxed half at Abraham, I thought he could have got the nod there. But yeah. again, luck went on his side that night. It happens. So I lose to Paul. Um, then I got the nod for the. Um, I boxed 
Michael Bambula in the prize fight. Got picked for the prize fight, didn't I? But this was at light heavy, you know. So I've moved up a weight, got into light heavy, which is better. It's like six pound, yeah. but six pound is a lot. Yeah. And I won't even, when, when you see me actually in the prize fighter, I look flabby. I, look, I wasn't in the best condition for it, but um, I felt better, physically felt better, felt sharper, felt, because I weren't weight trained. I weren't killing me. Don't get me wrong, I still got cut bad. So, Bambula, he got a win over Tony Jeffries, he was Commonwealth, um, got a gold medal at Commonwealth, um, come back from the Olympics with a bronze, I think. Good fighter. Anyway, he's got to win over him. So he's in the prize. But I draw a bamboola. I get cut bad. Two cuts on my eyes in the first fight. Because prize fights are three fights in one night. So beat him through to the next round. Now, my fella, the, the fella I'm fighting the next round, Manny Edwards, was fighting Joe Smad. I think it was. He was another unbeaten fighter. They had a fucking humding. And anyway, Manny knocked them out. Mm. Ended up winning his by knockout. I won nine points. He won his by knockout. So this kid was massive. Six foot four. Built brick shit house, unbeaten, good knockout records, and anyway, I was still cut. Yeah, they still let me fight even though I was cut. So is this, is this like so? See, you being cut now. Is this like sort of like affecting affecting all the fights going forward? It should, it should, yeah. Because normal people who have got a bit of brain would think I need to stay away, need to try and ride the wave. Well, you're not, in not it. fucking me, mate. I was yeah. bang rather. I knocked them out in three rounds. Put them a kip. It was a good fight, really great performance. But when I got out of the ring, um, doctors just looked at us and said, you, you can't fight. Replacement come in, lasted two rounds, got £18,000. I went away with losers' money. Okay, Even though I won my two fights, I should have been entitled to the runner-up money and mm. I never never got it. So, again, bad luck again. Just fucking life. Just seems to happen to me a little bit more than most. <laughs> so, um Nearly coming to the end anyway, no. <laughs> um, then, I, I, you know, after the prize fight, I, I, I had a comeback fight against a fella called Jamie Ambler on the Mushroom Show just, it was the day before I was going to get married. So I flew out to Rome um, the day after the box to get married. I had bruises all over my face. Won the fight, went out there. Come back and then I got offered to fight um, Darren Stubbs for the IBO, International Light Heavyweight title. Stubbs was similar fighter to me similar record only a couple of losses um, strong lad come forward yeah I had, a, I had an absolute barnstorm of fight with him in Green Bank Sports Centre stopped him in I think the 7th round of a 10 rounder but again fucking hell he had a hard head my knuckles were bruised I fucking boxed really well there was on, under Oliver Allison yeah. I, I'd moved to Manny now to the same with Oliver and Oliver's gym up there with Jamie Moore Martin Murray they were all in Rocky Field and they were yeah. in the gym with me so um I've shit with Martin last week. All good lads, mate. Yeah, he was down All here. All good, talented lads. And nice, it, nice kid. Yeah. It, it, like it was, it was a, again at a time when I needed a change and needed some some. I don't know. I just think it it it, it gives you a different a different feeling when you go to a different gym with new talent and new people. Yeah. You sort of raises your game. You learn off them, even though I was experienced and that. Yeah. Being in with you'll them, never stop learning. No, you yeah. never stop learning. Yeah. Like the little things, like Oliver used to teach us, and the little things Oliver used to say and do, and the way he used to conduct his sessions. It was so. It was like Jerry Story in a lot of ways. He was very calm and very calm, and he he just used to go. Um, Tony, we'd be on the floor. Me, Rocky, um, Martin Murray, 
Carl Skeggs, Daddy Matthews, we were all in there. We'd all be in a ball on the floor, just knackered. You go, lads, it's just a feeling. <laughs> he used to fucking hate it when he used to say that. He was right in a way because that pain feeling you get when you're saying it hard, yeah. it is just a feeling. Yeah. And um, he used to wind me up when he used to say it, but you know, when you've had a shower and all that, you were fine. That's it. It's over, isn't it? You feel yeah, it. It's, it's done. It's it's like you, 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 you it's like like um, Muhammad Ali says, you know. He hated every day of training, yeah. but he had to, to become a champion. It's like it's like for me, you know, you do, you do something that you don't want to do, but you do it anyway, and you feel great about it. That's it. That's the, truth. That's the hardest part yeah. of doing it is it's getting fucking, up and doing it. Just fucking standing up, you know what I mean? But yeah. she, you can get, I can get like, I can start procrastinating and start thinking, oh, I'm not doing, I can't be asked, you know what I mean? But then when I start and initiate it. The natural body endorphins yeah, kick in, and I feel it take, everything else it's, takes it's over. Mad, it's mad as well. What, what I've found over the years, and I say this to me, lad, the best sessions I have, yeah, the best sparring sessions, the best training sessions, where I've felt fucking amazing, are the ones where I didn't want to go. Yeah, when I didn't want to go to the gym because I felt fucked or I was tired or I didn't feel well. I think your mind, yeah, your mind's such a, such a powerful thing. Like that, I want to go to the gym this afternoon, mate. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't I'm going late to myself. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go this morning, but um, I had a few things to do, and I thought, no, I'm not because if I miss it, I'm like you. If yeah. I miss it, I feel guilty. Yeah, I feel guilty. Not only do I feel guilty, though, so I feel like um, I don't know. It's just me. It's like it's just I feel a little bit like, like lost without it. Flat, flat. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I feel like I need to. It needs to set. It sets me up. And it helps me fucking with life. Yeah. Without it, <coughs> I don't live too well. That's the truth. Without the Good. gym, well, without you training. You know what these dickheads in government need, yeah. to, need to understand? Yeah, that. and that's a, that for me. It's like without training, I don't live too good. I start getting a little bit better, a little bit resentful. Um, I feel a bit like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's sure fused. Yeah, yeah. So I need that release. I know it's 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 mad. It, it is. It's mad. But people who have never trained or been involved, like we have. Yeah, they, it's a way of life. They won't get it. Fucking shitting at home and reading your, your, you know, your book. Yeah. Your encyclopedia on how to wreck <laughs> people's lives. Gobshites. Yeah. Leading to it. Leading to it, that's um, the one. So, yeah, so I've I, I done that. Beat Stubbs. Um, then I boxed over Mackenzie, who was an absolute unit. Yeah. I took the fight. Like, Warren offered me a decent, decent dough for it. I, I was a light heavyweight now, even though I weren't like... I wasn't a big light heavyweight, even though it was a massive super middle. I wasn't a big light heavy. Do you know what I mean? Because these are now cruisers coming down to light heavy yeah. and oval. When I weighed in with oval, I I actually had to run. I've never failed a weight, and on this day, my scales in the house were were obviously messed up because I made the weight in the house, and when I got there, it was a pound and a half over. Yeah. So I had to go and get the weight off while I was there. So oval gets on the scales, and he's a big lad anyway, but he, he didn't look. Look, not him really, because mm. I've seen his fights with Bellew. Um, if you can last more than three rounds with Oval, then you know you've, you've cracked it because his ass falls out of him and he's, he's not as effective. His main thing is his power. He was a big, strong fella, he could whack it like a fucking scene. I found out so I makes the weight, sees him on the scales, does, does a head to head, whatever, gets on with it. The next day, when we go in the ring, mate, I get in the ring and I look at him. Travelled in size. I'm not messing. I put a stone on overnight. I'm quite big, but that looked like a different man. I mean, we're not asked to fucking in the ring now. We're gonna fight anyway. Not asked, but it was just amazing to physically see the change in a person over 24 hours. That just showed me he was a cruiserweight coming down to light heavy. 
So anyway, again, sound boxing boxing well for two rounds. Didn't hurt me nothing. And he clubbed me on the back of the head. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't a legal shot, but because it wasn't on purpose, I got a count. Gets up and now my bearings have gone. Now I'm a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I'm on the back foot. I'm a little bit shaky because he's just that's your equilibrium here behind you, there. Yeah. So that's where your balance, your balance is. Goes, so my yeah. balance is gone. Anyway, fucking whack catches me with an uppercut. Boom! Right there, something cracked in here. Bit my tongue. A bit through my tongue. My tongue had a fucking hole in it. Um, referee jumped in, stopped it. Smigger rung me. Smigger was commentating on it, and he said, "Fucking hell, so I'll give you give you one thing, mate." You got some chin on your lad, haven't you? I was like, it's not what I wanted to hear after I've just lost the fight, you know what I mean? But I was laughing with him, we had a little joke about it. But um that another loss, just and then you're questioning yourself again then. Is it worth it now as you yeah, get older, you know what I mean? But it was it was like Am I really a light heavy? Am I? You know, yeah. he's just basically bullied me there. Yeah. I just maybe I should move back down to super middle. So I did. Anyway, so let me see on this. So uh so now Paul's still British chip. Paul's wait there. No, Paul's moved on. He vacated the British. Moved on anyway. The British titles become vacant again. So I needed another win. Moved back down to super middle. Showed them that I could make twelve stone because it's all boxed on prices undercard in the AMC. Yeah, AMC yeah. Aquarius Center or whatever mm. it's called. Boxed a fella called John Anthony and I weighed twelve stone half a pound. Just to prove that I can do super middle. So got the win. Got the second fight with Paul for the vacant British. Now I was back with John Rice for this for this fight. I won the British title with John Rice. I was back with John Rice for this. And me and John love him to bits. I wouldn't have achieved nothing like I have achieved away for that man. He's 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 fucking he's a credit to the sport and mm. love him, love love the bones of him. So we had a brilliant training camp, done everything right. Um, I actually, the weight, because I was so conscious of weight, me and John, John knew what I was like with weight, so we, we I sort of overdone it with the weight. I got on the scales, 11 stone 10. I'm six foot one, do you know what I mean? I, I, I made 12 stone for the first time when I was 13 years of age. 14 years of age you know what I mean it's like not natural not natural for me to be that light and um, I always remember saying to Paul in the press conference I said to him you know get on the scales now mate I'll I'll be on the weight do you know what I mean weight's not a problem for me because everyone knew how much I struggled with weight so I made it a point to to prove to everybody that I could do the weight easy this that but in hindsight I, I sort of because I wasn't naturally that size, it took a lot of muscle away. Yeah, it took yeah. muscle because so when there's yeah. no when there's no fat there, you're gonna deplete your muscle. So I was like, I look like a baghead when I got on the scales. I looked terrible. In my head, I was great because I done the weight sound no, weight against me. But again, um, fight comes round. Little bit of needle between us because Paul for Paul, like he said to me, I I have to have that. Where you're trying to take something from me, so I have to have that mentality of. I've, I've got to hate you. I'm not your yeah. mate. You can fuck off. I don't want to speak to you. But, but I, I just couldn't. I, I just wasn't like that. Maybe that was one of the things I should have been. Should have been a little bit more selfish, a little bit more yeah. nasty. Maybe they changed the way that you know I was as a fighter. So, um, fight happens anyway. First two rounds, relatively even. Knocking tens of shit out of each other. Paul, go back. I can back. He catches me, drops me. 
Um, third round. All right. It didn't hurt me. It was just, just a flash knockdown. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. it happens. Gets up. Then I give it to him. I Actually, the round was even at the end. Well, he won a 10-9 because he's got the knockdown. Yeah. But it should be a 10-8 because he knocked me down, but it weren't. Because I basically won the round, but he knocked me down. He was a 10-9 round to him. So anyway, the, the fight continues. I'm starting to... I, me, I believe I was getting on top. I thought it was... It was working the way I wanted it to work because I'd, I'd put myself through that much in the gym to be able to do the 12 rounds at a sustainable pace. I know at the end of it... I was in good enough condition to maintain it right through. And that was my plan, to not be worried like I was against Quigley, to not make that mistake again, to put it on Paul later. Yeah. But anyway, I think it was the... I think I stopped in the fifth or the seventh. Richie Davis was refereeing there. So the fight's, I'd say, even up to this point. Paul throws this fucking big loop in right hand. Hit me right on the side of the chin. Me tooth comes through me gum shield into me cheek. And he drops me. Now, I knew where I was. Way in it. I mean, obviously, fucking, not hurt as in, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I fell forward. Fucking Richie Davis doesn't even, like, give me a count or he just jumped straight in. And stopped it. Stopped it straight away. It was a fucking great fight. We, we, it was, it was, it was honest to God, it was fucking warming. It was warming up. It was, I was getting into it. He just, bang. It was a fucking, he literally threw it from here, it come over, and I went like that, come through me thing, and just let me bingo rather than the thing. <sighs> what the fuck are you doing? Really I'm never going to get no luck. Well, I definitely didn't get no luck in the fucking boxing game, I'll tell you that for nothing. What was your biggest payday? What was that? 28 and a half grand. Which is fucking buttons. Compared to what they're getting Compared now. Compared to what they're getting now. They're getting millions, aren't they? Buttons, mate. I mean, if I would have won the prize fighter... I think I got 32. No, I did. Yeah, winning 32 grand. Yeah. That's what I would have got. If, but again, I come away with 6,800 quid because I was cut and I couldn't take part in the final where technically I should have got the 18 grand running up money. Yeah, yeah. Again, no fucking luck. So anyway, I didn't stop there. I continued. Um, so that was the second one. So anyway, I ended up coming back and have a, just a, like a, Get back in the swing of things. Matchroom put me on a show. I forgot where it was. Um, against Jody Meikle, just a journeyman. Decent little fight with him. All right. Beat him on points. Then I beat a, another Russian or Romanian or whoever is. Done him. And then I got the opportunity to fight um, Richard Orton on um, on a hay undercard on David's big comeback fight. He put me on the card. Give me decent money for it. Done him. St- Beat him, um, dropped him in the sixth, split me tendon in my hand. So again, injuries, um, isn't it? Just yeah, split, yeah. split. I've got I actually got the on my Instagram. These you see the video of the surgeon actually doing the operation on my hand. Wow. He videoed it for me, and um, yeah, it's weird. It's just, it doesn't look real, you know, when mm. you're looking at it. But again, out of the ring for for for, for a while. So then, <clears throat> come to a point in my life where. I turned things around, get my arm fixed. <clears throat> I got offered to fight um, on the Hey Bell You undercard now because I've had three wins now at Light Heavy. Coming back, I'm back in the mix because I'm not. I don't want to sound big than a big name. Domestically, I'm a big name because I've had all them fights. I've been in all the title fights. All my fights were always entertaining. As yeah. well. I never left anything in the ring. I always fucking went in and, and had it. 
people are always, are always entertained when they watch me. There's always blood, guts, and tears. So um, I got offered to fight um, Jose Burton on the belly wonder card at Goodison Park. Was that Terry that fought him? No, Jose's light yeah. heavy. Terry's oh, only yeah. uh, lightweight. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right. So Jose's, he's just got beat the other night in the in the in abroad. I think he went to Russia. Hmm. It was a big fight, like in golden contract, was it? Got beat by some Russian kid over there, but he was he was he's a good kid, good fighter, unbeaten. Um, I was the chief supporter, bomber. So again, Scotty Hamilton's training me now. Me and Scotty work worked well together because his style was very similar to mine and the way I box, roll, keep it tight, slip, slip. And fitness wise, he was he was very educated in in how to get you physically in great shape. And for me, that's all I needed because I've had all this experience to box anyway. You know, you never stop learning. But I just needed someone to just point out the things I was doing wrong, get me fit and get me in the right frame of mind. And Scotty worked me brilliantly and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for what he done for me. Um, so he takes me up to spar with Harry Wood, who's ABA champion. Uh, he's light heavyweight ABA champion up in, in Tower Hill. Mm. Quigley's gym. Quigley's dad was the same there. He was actually there when it happened. Yeah, so get in, first round. <clears throat> now, two days before, I was doing sprints up a hill with a, with a parachute, you know, the, the resistance mm. parachute on me back doing sprints. Flying in the gym, weight was 12 stone 10. It had to be 12 6. It was three weeks out before the fight, or two and a half well, weeks out before the fight. So the, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Physically, mentally, perfect. Couldn't wait to get in there. A week before, I had to get an injection. In me, in me, in me, heal, yeah, cortisone and steroid and anti-inflammatory to bring down strength because I was having problems with it. Yeah. What I didn't know was where they injected the heal wasn't where the problem was because when they scanned it, it looked like the Achilles was trying to rip off the heel and it weren't. It was fair. Well, it was, but further up was a tear. I they didn't look further up my leg where there was a tear. So I, I goes to spar with Harry. Literally the first round, sidestepped. It was like a... That's what it sounded like. Snapped. Snapped. Just snapped. I just... I thought I'd, I'd whack my leg on something, you know, the way... Um, yeah. Like a metal bar or a wooden something on the outside of the ring. I'd, I'd hit something and like I looked, there was nothing in and the pain just hit me. Hit the deck like a ton of bricks. Like someone shot me. That's what it sounded like because it was that loud. And this was... The, this the whole was... gym heard it snap. In Tower Hill, it was shocker. Okay. I just hit the deck, mate. I was on... Fucking have to bring an ambulance. Ambulance come for me. I'm on the gas in there. <laughs> pain. Never felt pain like it, mate. Honestly, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Well, I would. It's hitting nerves, isn't it? It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. So anyway, these pictures of it on my Instagram, you can just see a divot, like a cave, in me, in me, where my Achilles was. Yeah. Now it's, it's not. So went to the hospital, put me in plaster. Said, yeah, look, you don't have to come back. Get it operated on. Blah blah. blah. Two days later, I was saying, got it done. Mm. Again. Went through tough time. While all this is going on, by the way, my ma's dying of cancer. Mm. <laughs> I'm dealing with all that. My mum's got cancer. I'm trying to stay on a straight and narrow, trying to trying to focus, trying to, you know, not let that. In a way, it was the only thing that was keeping me fucking sane while that was going on, my mum. Because I was going through a lot of shit with exes and whatever and, I could never really, I would never really talk about all of it. Like, mm. if you knew, 
if people knew what actually went on around that time, it, they'd be like, holy fuck. How you didn't kill someone or kill yourself. Yeah. I, I don't know how you done it, but I'm here. So, um, so yeah, it just that just fucked everything up for me, snapping me Achilles at a time when I thought that I, that was my big ticket back. We'd been to Goodison Park, me, Bellew, Jose, done a head-to-head on there, match room with them, Sky was there, on Sky News, it was fucking... The buzz was there again, do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd come back after all the losses and all the... And this was my opportunity to get back in the big time. Again, that happens. No luck, mate. So anyway, gets even better. Fucking... So as me snaps me Achilles, gets back in shape, gets back in the gym with Scotty, getting myself together, gets me weight back down, sparring again, doing everything perfect. David rings me, listen, Jose Burton's now lost to Frank Buglioni. So, Bell, you, hey, I've had the first fight, whatever. Now the second fight's coming. He said, look, do you want to fight on the undercard? You'll fight Buglioni. Um, British title, blah, 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 blah. I'll give you 40 grand. It's a pay-per-view. Yeah, Sky yeah. box office, so I was getting good like, money yeah, for it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sign me up. Sound. <laughs> a couple of days after the phone call, <laughs> as another got, got hit again in my car, someone pulls out on the side of me, whack. So I've spun, damaged my wrist. Got compressed me. So my wrist's now come up like a golf ball. Hmm. Gone to doctors and the doctors just said, listen, you can't punch in that for 15 weeks. It's fucking ruined you. To brew with me, mate. Mm. And then and then round that time, just after that, that was in I think that was December ish, round that time. Just after that I got the job for the fire service. That's what you're doing now, isn't it? That's what I'm doing. You're a fireman? Now. It come it come a firefighter. Firefighter. Politically correct. Politically. So, um, yeah, you can't say fireman no more, can no. you? It's fucking odd. It's yeah. Is your car gonna be alright so? Yeah, it's good. Shit. Um so yeah, again, it just come at a time when one bad thing happened, something good happened because I absolutely love the job I do now. The watcher man and speak, the people I work with, it, it's I'm like I'm like a doctor was in there. It's, it was made for me, mm. and it, it's it, I'm very fortunate to be able to have. Someone said to me once, "You'll never work a day in your life if you work in the job you love." And said, that's yeah. how I feel. Me uncle, yeah, I said to me cousin works in a fire service, but it's a big, it's a big. It's boss mate. It's yeah. the best job ever. I mean, it's not just about fighting fires so if you had any an inspirational or to, like any pale this so right and I know it's a big ask of everyone any pearls of wisdom any any experience or any uh, dedicate guidance. your life dedicate your life to what you love and what you what you want to do if you're going to choose fighting as a career please fuck everything else off around you yeah focus on that social media one goal that. yeah no you need social media yeah. to promote yourself because unfortunately the world we live in now that is the platform yeah everything is done on, on the platform get someone else to run it for you you don't even have to run it because yeah, it's exactly. your head. probably the best idea get other someone people. to run it for you yeah yeah because yeah it was fucking mess with, it your, fucks head, with like. your head yeah. you don't read what the comments and that what yeah, people say yeah. anyone know. comments about me on social media you get blocked mate I don't yeah. get involved Shame. in that crap yeah. I, I just don't get involved in that shit it's not worth it cause so that's it dedicate your life you've to got to and, and like I said opportunities what, when you don't expect it are the ones that catapult you Brilliant. like a, me with Barbosa you know? yeah. but look at the other opportunities you could have had if it had been ready yeah. it's like honest you only get one crack at the whip Brilliant. I'm 40 you now I'm mm. Fucking well, and you're, in, you're, in, you're in your prime. I'm in great shape, but fighting wise, I couldn't I couldn't fight like no, I used to. Do you know what I mean? 
but uh, so it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been, I've been, it's like I've just been like, wow, trip down memory lane. Yeah, it's weird, but lovely. Thank you for coming along. Welcome, mate. Welcome anytime.